Welcome to the Christian Faith Fellowship Church podcast. We are a church that believes in praying, going, and life-changing discipleship in Jesus. We are so glad you joined in for this message. If you enjoy what you hear, follow us to stay connected with our future updates and podcasts. This is part one of Finding Rest. Grab a Bible and a notebook and get ready to learn. Here we go. God is good. And all the time, God is good. Can we give the band a good hand over here? These guys do such a great job. Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> all right, we're going to get right into the Word because we got a lot to cover. So go ahead and get your Bibles out. We'll open in prayer, light them up, get them out, paper copy, iPhone, Android, whatever, copy. And let's go ahead and dig into the Word. If you want to go ahead and turn over to Habakkuk, chapter 3, as I'm opening in prayer. Father, we do bless you and thank you again for this beautiful day. This is the day the Lord has made. We would rejoice and be glad in it. Father, it's already the end of November, and the weather got cold there, but it warmed up real nice. And we don't know what the winter season's going to bring, but right now, it's pretty good. So we bless you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the word today. Your word is anointed. Your word is all-powerful, Father. But I thank you today that you'll use the vessel to bring forth your word, Father. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good. is it morning? Yeah, it's still morning. Good morning, everybody. God is good. I hope your week was good since last week. Again, this Wednesday night, 25 people were water baptized right around there. And we're going to do it real good on the video. We're going to have music in between. It's just going to be a great night of Thanksgiving. It'll be live here, or you can also watch it on Facebook or YouTube or whatever other platforms are out there. Amen. So we've been talking about 2020, worst year ever, but give spite. Give, give spite and thanks of it. Amen. <laughs> give thanks in spite of it. I'm going to shift a little bit today to finding rest because in the midst of all that's going on, the pandemic, the contended election, and just the craziness that's going on in our world, we can find rest in Almighty God. Can I get an amen? So let me build on that first. Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 17, it says this, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vine, though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flocks be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stall. So really bad, amen? Talking bad time. And I said first service, lots of times when you look at your course in life, sometimes things happen, you just didn't expect them to happen. You didn't expect life to take a turn going this way and things that just kind of got crazy or got wobbly or you know I was expecting to be with my 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 husband for till death do us part and some little chickadee came along and he left death do us part for a little chickadee down the road if you know what I'm saying or or maybe a death in the family or or whatever it is and it it can rattle you it can shake you but here the prophet is saying with all these things, no olives on the trees, no fruit in the vine, no flocks. In other words, life stinks right now. Let me try that again. Life stinks right now. See, the Bible says that we should 
Rejoice with those who rejoice and sorrow with those that sorrow. So even in the Christian walk, we have times of hallelujah. And we have times of, man, what a horrible season. I mean, we're going through this, this time right now, just this, this uh, COVID-19. It's like you never know what somebody in the government's going to do. Are they going to shut down the church again? Are they going to shut down business again? I can't get to work. And this is just not even a United States thing. I think about people overseas that don't get a lot of the benefits that we get here in America. When they're not working, think about, you know, me and Diane took a cruise. I don't know, was that five, eight years ago? We'll never do that again. But anyway, we went on a cruise to some of the islands and all. And those people... Without that tourist trade, they're not making any money at all. So that means for the last year, basically, they're not making any money at all. I don't know about you. I can give up 20 pounds real easy and still survive. Can I get an amen in the house? In other words, there's still plenty of food in my cupboards. And guess what? I even got toilet paper downstairs. Amen. <laughs> kind of a joke because at the beginning, everybody was running to get toilet paper, right? Now they're all over the place. But anyway, all I'm trying to say is life is going to have different seasons. There's no way of getting around that. Amen. Some seasons are real high. Some seasons can be low. But here he makes this statement, yet, underline that word yet. Because the Bible says there are times of sacrifices of praise. A sacrifice is when you do something when you don't necessarily feel like doing it. Can I get you to talk a little louder here? Amen. We're not too concerned about the spitting going around. Amen. So you can say, hallelujah. There you go. Here he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. So when things were going really bad, and maybe things are going really bad in your family right now, or maybe things are going really bad in your marriage, or maybe in your singleness, or maybe in your health, or maybe you got a bad report, or maybe you heard you're going to lose your job, or maybe because of this, you might lose your house, whatever it might be. I'm not saying to rejoice about those things. What I'm saying is to always rejoice in the Lord, no matter what life brings against us, because we know that this life is a, is a temporary adventure. Let me just say it like that, because this life is an adventure in many ways, and it is temporary, church family. Everybody knows that we are living in probably one of the craziest times that planet Earth has ever seen. It seems like, it feels like things that are right side up or upside down and upside down and right side up. It's like life has become a big question mark. Questions out there. So many questions. And church family, I'm going to ask you to do this. Our young people are being affected in a big way. A big way. They need our prayers right now. Young people need the supports of moms and dads. They need the support of others. And during this time, there is such an un stableness in our world that many times we can bring that into our home and our kids feel that. What are you talking about in your home? Are you talking about the pandemic? Are you talking about the election results? Are you talking about this or that? When the youngsters are around, try to bring other conversations in. The goodness of God. 
that everything's okay, that we got food, that we got heat on, whatever it is, to bring that stability for them. But pray for them. Pray for the young people because they're seeing things that, man, when I was a youngster, look, I was brought up in Patterson, and Patterson was beautiful at one time. I remember we used to go trick-or-treating, sometimes 10, 11 o'clock. Neighbors would watch out for neighbors, and then all of a sudden, drugs start coming into Patterson. And things started flipping around. And all of a sudden, I had my bike stolen from me. I had a gun put up to me. Just things that got crazy. Things that you didn't expect. Amen. And we don't want that for our kids. We want that stability for them. We want them to know everything's going to be okay. Look, church family, I'm going to prophesy to you today. Amen. Receive this from a word from the Lord. Ready? Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. It's going to work out. We've been through some tough times in our lives. You have, I have, and everything will work out. Everything will come together. But while we're living in this time of the winds of adversity or the winds of controversy, they're all around us, and there's rumors again of more quarantines that are blowing at the same time. How can we learn to walk in rest while all this is going on around us? And that's what I want to talk about a little today is finding this rest that only Jesus Christ can give. Church family, we have something the world doesn't have. And I'm going to show you that as we continue on. But I want you to just think for a few minutes of the story of Noah. Anybody remember that story? I know they try to say it's a fairy tale and all that. No, there was a real Noah's Ark. Me and Diane, a few years ago, we just took a few days off and we went out to Kentucky to see the ark. Has anybody ever been out there to see the ark? They built a boat the same size, all the dimensions that the Bible talks about of the, of the ark. And that boat is big. And that boat has different compartments. And he showed how fresh air was brought in, how waste was taken out. Can you imagine the smell on that boat? I was sharing at the first service, me and Diane, when the kids were real small, we went to go see the Ringling Brothers and Barna the Berry, the Barna whatever, Circus. Anybody remember that? They got rid of that too, you know. But anyway, we went to that. It was over in the Meadowlands. Remember when they used to have the Meadowlands there, Giant Stadium and all that? And we went there, and we were... We were the nosebleed. We didn't have much money back then, and, and we're in the nosebleed section. Those elephants came out, and one of those elephants dropped the load right there. The entire place stunk. I couldn't believe. I was on the top. I'm telling you, when we were in the nosebleed, we were in the nosebleed, and our kids are going, wow. And, you know, I, I, I love it all. A lot of my neighbors, I live, you know, over in Crystal Springs now, a lot of neighbors got these little dogs, and they go out there and pick up the poopies and take it away. Over there, they had a shovel, literally a shovel and a big garbage can to take it away. So here's Noah on this ark now, in the midst of all that's going on, the craziness that's going on outside. Noah basically is in peace on the inside of the ark. It might be storming outside. There might be people trying to climb to the highest mountain to get away from the flood. But inside that ark, there was quietness because God was at work and God was in control. And that sometimes we have to get that. When we think of the name Noah, 
It's rest. And God is saying to us too, rest. You're not of this world. We're in here for a little while. And I got to do the natural things, amen? You got to clean your house. You got to go shopping. You got to go to work. You got all these natural things to do. But God is still in control of my life. I'm going to stay and rest that everything is going to work out. When the ark landed on Mount Moriah, not Mount Moriah, Mount Erech, Erech, thank you, Diane. Great to have a concordance right up front here with you. <laughs> when the ark landed, they were in a new world. Amen, church family? But they came, catch this word now, they came to kingdom rest. And it says over, and you can look it up on your old time, Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is not about meat or drink or what we eat or what we wear and all that. But the kingdom of God is righteousness, watch, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, don't make that word freak you out. All that word means is when you are righteous because of what Jesus has done, you are now right with God. You're right with God. We live in a society, it's very negative. Anybody ever notice that? And in that negative society, we try to put that on God. So here's a classic statement. Do you remember? How many here know Psalm 23? Yeah. Remember where it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Every part of that psalm is the Lord guides, the Lord leads. But then it says, Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, watch what it says. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Watch now. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. But yet growing up, this is what I was taught. God's rod was to beat you over the head when you mess up. Can I get an amen in the house today? And many Christians still have this mentality in the back of their head that when you mess up, God is going to get that rod out and he's going to pop you in the head. But when you look at the rod and the staff, here's what they were. Here's what the shepherd did with the rod and the staff. The rod was for protection. When a wolf or an animal, a lion, came against those sheep, that shepherd would protect those sheep with his life. And he would use that rod and he would fling it at them. If you read the Bible, it talks about the tribe of Benj Benjamin, that they could take a slingshot. Well, see, here I'm doing it like this. That wasn't a slingshot back then. A slingshot was used like this and hit a guy right between the eyes. Well, we know David did that, right? With Goliath. So you got this rod, and that was to protect the sheep. Then you got the staff. Everybody's seen a shepherd's staff, right? And we say, oh, yeah, what's that for? That was because the shepherd knew the sheep was going to make mistakes, and the sheep was going to get off the path, and the shepherd would have to go and bring the sheep back wasn't to knock them over the head. You dodo sheep, you. It was to bring the sheep back. Even when Jesus taught about the divine, right? And he talks about, he lifts it up. God is for us, not against us. God wants to help us in our journey. He knows, guess what? Can I, can I give you a great revelation today? God is smart. He knows you're going to mess up. Yeah. 
He knows you're going to do boo-boos. You're going to mess up. You're going to go where you shouldn't go sometimes and do things. And his staff is there to pull you in. His staff is there to help you. So when they entered into this kingdom rest, they understood that their home now is in God. And this is what I want you to get today. I want you to go to Hebrews 13, 14. We're going to look at it in the New Living Translation. But grab this statement that I'm going to make. Here it is. Church family, this earth as it is now is not our permanent home. Amen, sister. Thank God. For some reason, we think we're going to live on this earth the way it is now in the fallen state forever. No, this earth has a curse upon it. This curse is going to be broken one day. The Bible declares this as clear as can be. And we have to start getting in our mind, all right, this is a temporary thing. I'm here for 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, whatever that amount is, but it's temporary, temporary. Here, watch what it says in Hebrews 13, 14. Go ahead and put it on the screen. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. And again, many people think that home is going to be in heaven. Somehow there is going to be a relationship of us in heaven. Somehow we're going to be able to go to heaven and come back down. But our homes are on this earth. When God, isn't it interesting that when God gave dominion to man, he didn't make this statement. He didn't say, let us make man in our own image and let us have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the animals. He said, let them have dominion. Another part of scripture, it says, the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to the children of man. This earth is going to be our eternal home. The beauty of it, the majesty of it, all the creation of it, the mysteries, the adventure, the artisticness, all of it is going to be given to us. Now, we believe, many of us, I think, believe here in the rapture of the church. Amen? That there is a catching away, and we believe pre-trib. It's the only way I can see in the scripture that it's taught. So we do know for seven years, we're going to be up in heaven. And we're going to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And at that marriage supper of the Lamb, you'll be able to eat as much as you want and not gain any weight. That, that's a good place to say hallelujah, praise the Lord. Now I've heard people make this statement. But the rapture, the way you guys look at it, you kind of look at it as like the great escape. Yeah, we do. I do look at it as the great escape. I don't think Noah said, I just want to stick around a little bit longer, Lord. I don't think Lot said, you know what? What's a few fires out of heaven and some sulfur and stuff? I want to hang out here. Even though his wife did turn around and look back where her affections were. When the Lord says it's over, it's over. And I know there are tons of people yet to be saved. But if you study the book of Revelation, there are going to be multitudes saved during the great tribulation. Picture this right off the bat. Are you ready? 
there's going to be 144,000 Billy Grahams running around on planet Earth. That's the promise the Lord put. But there is another scripture. It's only one time in the entire Bible, one time. It says angels will be allowed to preach the gospel. You'll find that in the book of Revelation. They will herald the good news. They have never been allowed to do it. Do you remember when Cornelius, the angel went to Cornelius and he said, send for Peter and he will tell you the good news. But during this one period of time, during these seven years, the very angels themselves are going to proclaim to people and there will still be people that will not accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. You can't even imagine it, right, church family? You're going to know as clear as can be by not accepting him. By accepting the mark, you're going to spend eternity in hell and then be tossed into the lake of fire, but you still won't accept it. Whatever. Amen? As for me and my house, amen. I've accepted the Lord. My children have all accepted the Lord. Our grandchildren, as they're getting older, are accepting the Lord. And that's, that's where it begins. It begins first in the house. And then you spread it out. Amen. Turn to John chapter 14. This one we'll look at from the, uh, King, the regular New King James. John 14 and verse 1. Very familiar scripture. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, how many believe that Jesus never lied? Listen, guys, if he would have lied that much, we could not be saved today. There was no sin found in him. Pontius Pilate inspected him. The, Pharise- the, 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 the high priest inspected, just like the lamb has to be inspected before it can be the sacrifice. He was inspected and they said, we find nothing in him. All right? So here Jesus is speaking. So I'm going to take it as if he said it, I believe it. Can can you agree with me? If you agree with me, say amen. Amen. All right, here we go. Ready? In my father's house are many mansions. Underline the word many. He did not put a number with it. Doesn't say 144,000 mansions. Doesn't say a million mansions. It says many mansions. He did not say in my father's house are many mansions shacks he didn't say there are many vans next to the river as our brother Scott said before he called them mansions I've been to Hyde Park I've been to me and Diane years ago took a ride through Rhode Island we saw some of the mansions earthly mansions many of you have seen the pictures of Trump's mansion down in Florida right different mansions they're going to look like shoeboxes compared to what our savior has in store for us come on guys how do you how do you help design your mansion that scripture tells us by doing the will of the lord while on this earth last week i got into it what is your purpose what has god asked you to do he might have given you this assignment one He might have given you this assignment, two, or he might have given you this assignment, five. To each he gave to their what? Ability. 
So in other words, they, God knew what they could handle and he wanted them to have the most, so he gave them that amount. And the one that was faithful with one, doubled. The one that was faithful with two, doubled. The one that was faithful with five, doubled. And they received the same words. Well done, good and faithful servant. We know the one with one didn't double his. He hit it in the ground and, and the Lord wasn't happy with that. All right, you with me? Keep going on. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. So Jesus is saying right up front, if this is a lie, if this isn't real, I tell you guys right up front, you're my friends, so I'm telling you, there are many mansions, they're waiting for you. Amen? Amen? Man, I want the ocean on one side and mountains on the other side. I love both. I love both. I love mountains and I love the ocean. Amen? Man, that'd be pretty, but I think the Lord knows best what I like. He made me, right? Then he makes this statement. I've told you, I go to prepare a place for you. So it's saying that these mansions, this place that we're going to reside for all eternity is being prepared by Jesus Christ. Now, I've shared with you about the Jewish wedding, right? The bridegroom would go to the girl that he wants to marry and he would propose to her. She'd take a glass of wine. If she drank it, that meant yes. At that point, he goes back to father's house. He does not know when father is going to say, go get your bride. The reason is us men, we want the honeymoon. The father wants him to prepare the place for his bride. When the place is ready, the father says, go get your bride. The bridegroom and the best man go, and the herald is made. The bridegroom is coming. The bridegroom is coming. They go into the wedding chamber, amen? And then they celebrate that wedding for seven days, equaling seven years that will be with the Lord. And then the man and the woman are free from work for one entire year. No military service, nothing. For one year, symbolizing the 1,000-year reign of peace upon this earth that Jesus is going to set up for us. It's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful love story, and it goes hand in hand with this. Jesus said, I go now to prepare a place for you. This place is going to be pretty, Amen. Took it, taking him 2,000 years to prepare this place. And I guess the father hasn't said yet, good enough. So he's still fixing it up. Amen? Keep going on. I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, where are you, Lord Jesus? You're in heaven right now. He says what? There you may be also. So we know we are going to go to heaven for this period of time. And all those that have died already are in heaven. They are not sleeping in the ground. They're not in some sort of sleep because the apostle Paul to be with, said to be with the Lord is far better. To be with the Lord, not to snooze from, from Cain all the way, uh, Abel all the way through. Keep going on. Verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Come on, say it with me. Jesus said, ready? I am the... But yet we have movie stars out there that are saying there are many ways to get to God. 
This scripture just said there is one way. If there are many ways, then Jesus is a liar. He is not qualified to be the savior of the world. That should have gotten a better amen than that. That should have gotten a better amen than that. Either he's telling us the truth or he's not. He is saying that he is the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Amen? Look at John 15. Flip over a chapter. Go to verse 18. John 15, 18. Look what this verse says. If the world hates you, you think? Oh, go around them. Tell, tell dirty stories. Yeah. Look at dirty pictures. Yeah. Hey, do you know Jesus? You religious freak. You get away from me. Go ahead. Say any name. But why do they curse in the name of Jesus? I don't hear them cursing in Buddha's name, Muhammad's name. They'll cut your head off. Boy, they sure curse in the name of Jesus. Kind of proves to me the truth of the Bible. Doesn't it, church family? If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were the world, the world would love its own. Yet because, say with me, you are not of the world. I am not of this world system. I am of the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it's righteousness, right standing with God, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the way God wants me to live. He wants me to live in peace. He wants me to have that shalom, that complete peace. He wants me to have joy. Joy is the word charis in the Greek, and is the word that charismatic movement they used at the beginning when it came, because we were filled with joy. Here we go. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, world, therefore the world hates you. Church family, they want to get rid of us so bad. You think I'm kidding you. Man, the day of the rapture, they'll be saying, UFOs took them great. We got rid of those haters. I read what they write on Twitter. I read what they say out there. How they say, you guys want out of here? Go. Leave this world for us. Seven years, they'll totally destroy this world. According to what I see in Scripture, there'll be nuclear exchange at that point. It says in the book of, of um, I believe it's Zechariah that their skin will burn off them and basically even live, leave a print behind. It's exactly what happened in, in Hiroshima. Exactly. Oh, there'll be some nuclear exchange. There'll be some things. God will have to come back and stop it. Amen? The Battle of Armageddon. Just look up Megiddo on the Bible. Look at a picture of it to know that the nations of the world are going to all come to that spot. Amen? So what I want to do is we start wrapping up here. I just want to look at different ways to stay on the ark, to stay in rest during the rest of 2020. And who knows what 2021 is going to bring. Amen? I, I, who knows? Who knows? Let's take it one day at a time. Number one, you ready? Come on, take a journey with me, guys. Say, I'm ready. You can talk to me. Amen? Ready, ready. All right, number one, walk, learn to walk in the spirit. 
There was a scripture that profound me as a young Christian. And it's that one that says, walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Here I am. I'm saved at the age of 17. I didn't get married at 24. The lust of the flesh was there. Amen. 17 to 24, dealing with the flesh. And I read the scripture, walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I'm like, Lord, how do you do it? And I studied that work. I, look, I looked it up in the Strong's Concordance. I looked it up in the Vines Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words. And it finally jumped out in the, in the Vines translation. The word walk there means to be occupied with. Bing! Occupy yourself with spiritual things and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Psalm 119, I believe it's verse 6. How shall a young man keep his ways clean? By taking heed according to thy word. So I found out that if I got busy for God, it would help me during those years. Amen? So I got into church. I got involved in the things of God. I got involved highly in prayer ministries and things like that. And it gets you through areas. If you're struggling with the flesh, I can tell you exactly what your problem is. You're dealing more with the flesh than with the spirit. You're occupying yourself too much in the flesh. Watch what you're watching, little, you know, watch what your eyes see, little kids. Watch what you're hearing because those things will stir up the flesh. There are five senses that we have. We should have six, amen? I believe that's a spiritual one over here. But these five over here, if you start feeding them, your flesh will take over more and more. But if you feed your spirit, it'll push down the dictates of the flesh. Amen? So number one, walk by the spirit. We have the greater power inside of us. And everything that happens, that's happening on the outside, that inner power is the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus promised us the Holy Spirit, right? It's found in John chapter... 14, verse 16. Here's the way it says it in the Amplified Classic Bible. I, it won't be up on the screen. Just listen. And I will ask or I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter. How many can use some comfort? So the Holy Spirit should be the one to bring comfort. Counselor. How many need counsel every once in a while? Don't run to every person. Don't run to Facebook. Run to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do. People put these things out on Facebook, and I'm like, are you serious? Are you going to give your dirty laundry to anybody out there? Women, watch the pictures you put out there. You know there's perverts out there? Watch yourself. Watch your children. Keep going on. Counselor, helper, the Holy Spirit's our helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, that he may remain with you forever. Didn't say he's going to leave you when you make a mistake because he would have left me a zillion times already. I've been saved over 45 years, plenty of time to like make tons of mistakes. Come on, come on, be honest with me. Just be honest, just for a moment. 
How many here blew it at least once this month? How many blew it at least once this week? How many blew it today? (laughs) The shepherd's staff to bring you back in. Amen. You blew it once this month, minimum. You blew it at least once this week, minimum. But look where you are right now. You're still in church, guys. You're still in church. God loves you. You love God. Amen. Don't let the devil steal that from you. Come on, we're almost done. 1 John 4, 4. 1 John 4, 4. This inner power of the Holy Spirit will get you through many things, guys. Let him be that for you. Let him help you. Let him be a part of your life. Look what he says here. You are of God. Say that I am of God. God loves me. Abba, Daddy, he loves me. You are of God, little children. You have overcome the world. Because why? Ready? Say it. He that is in me. Come on, say it. He that is in me. Come on, say it. He that resides in me. Come on, say it. He that hangs out with me. Come on, say it. He that is constantly awake in me is greater than that world system out there. Oh, they want to reset. They want to get things back to the Tower of Babel. Go for it. My home is not of this world. The children of Israel, they follow the supernatural cloud in the desert day by day, month by month, year by year, 40 years. It led them from one place of rest to another. Every time it stopped, they were to rest. That cloud symbolizes the Holy Spirit in our lives. He was leading, guiding, shading them everywhere they went, even in the hottest desert. When you know Christ, the Spirit lives within you. He gives you a constant sense of rest, calm, security when the winds of chaos are violently whipping outside. Church family, I'm going to prophesy to you now. Receive it. Are you ready? Come on, say I'm ready. All right, here it is. Ready? Church family, everything's going to be okay. Write it down. Write it down. Put it down there. Say, Pastor Tom said everything's going to be okay. And when we get to heaven, I guarantee you'll come up to me and say, it was okay. They didn't say there wouldn't be bumps. They didn't say there wouldn't be storms. They didn't say there wouldn't be some twists and twirls and everything else that this world throws at you. But I can tell you this. If you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, everything is going to be Okay. Peace. Calm. Rest. I'm going to tell you this right now. If you come up to me and you tell me you're watching four hours a day of CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, 
any news, Newsmax, uh, whatever other ones are out there nowadays, if you tell me that, I don't care, conservative, liberal, I'm going to tell you straight out, you're going to have problems. You will, you will. Because they have their bet, they have their bet. My question to you then would be, how much time are you spending in the Word of God? If you can spend four, six hours listening to that nonsense, how much time are you spending in the Word of God? Give God some time, amen? Get yourself a word for you today, devotional. Do a devotional read every day. As I said, if you never had one before, take it on us. They're, they're a buck 25 for three months. Can't afford that. Don't go buy no Starbucks, that's for sure. <laughs> Love you, church family. I want you to walk in peace. I want to walk in peace. We're on this journey together, amen? We're on a canoe together. The only problem is the stream's going against us, amen? They want to reset. They want a new world order. They want, they want, they want. I... You know I've said this over and over as your pastor. Scripture must be fulfilled. It will happen. It's coming. We know it will. What we're doing through our prayers is pushing it down as close to the rapture as we can. Doesn't mean there won't be some bumps, but let's push it down and let that trumpet sound again. I don't need to be a hero. I don't need to be the one on the Titanic. Let judgment come. I'm going to stick it out. Forget it. Forget it. Amen. Amen. When that trumpet sounds, bye-bye. Ciao. Arrivederci. Hasta la vista, baby. Not looking back. Stay busy until that day. Many will get saved during the Great Tribulation. Multitudes. I project to be over 2 billion that will be born again during the Great Tribulation. It's going to be amazing, the Great Revival. It's going to be harder for them. You think it's hard now? Can you imagine that? A complete system ruled by the devil. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. Some of you are saying, I think the system is ruled by the devil right now. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy, but you can imagine a thousand times worse than this. Amen? Hey, God is good. Wednesday night, we're going to have a great service. We're going to celebrate together. We'll have the overflow room open if you, you know, want to wear a mask the whole time. Just go right there. Please, again, we just ask when you walk in, have your mask on when you walk out, when you're around people. Amen? Make it simple. We can all do this together. Amen? Let's close in prayer. Father God, we bless you and we thank you and we honor the name that's above every name. The name of Jesus. We exalt you, our King, our Lord, our everything. And we're staying at rest, Lord. We're staying at rest. They can take our bodies from us. They can kill us. But it's far better to be with the Lord. Far better, Paul said. Far better. So, Lord, till the day you take us home, be it through the rapture, be it through death, whichever way, we're going to serve you. We're going to put you first. We're not going to listen to all the naysayers and this and that. And, yeah, things are going to happen. We know it. But I'd rather be strong in the Lord and the power of his might rather have on the full armor of God being strong that when these things do happen that I don't run away and, and stick my head in the ground not know what to do that we can fight the good fight of faith resist the, the devil and he will flee from us 
This morning as I wrap up, if you're here and you have never asked the Lord Jesus to come into your heart, to be your Lord, to be your Savior, you'd like to make that decision, I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer. It's the confession of Jesus as Lord, Lord of all. How do I do it, Pastor? The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. There's no uh, hoops to, to jump through. Repent of your sins, ask him to come in your heart, and you receive eternal life. So let's pray a prayer together. We'll all do it together. Say this with me. My dear God in heaven, I believe today that Jesus Christ, he is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross and that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Lord, you said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I call on the name Jesus. Therefore, I shall be saved. Amen. Right, church family, let's celebrate for those that have made that decision. God bless you, church family. See you Wednesday night. Have a great one. If you're not here Wednesday or online, happy, let's wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Wow, we are just so in sync, he and I. It's amazing. Um, so um, now I forgot what I was supposed to do. See, he throws me off all the time, and it's not hard to do. So anyway, um, so let's stand up, and uh, I'll pray over you, and then we'll pronounce a blessing over you. Father, we just thank you and praise you for your word. Thank you that your word always just speaks to our hearts and, and works in us exactly what we need. And so, Lord, we just thank you for your peace that passes all understanding. Lord, I thank you that you have given us the grace for these days. And so we stand strong in you. We stand in your might and we rest in the fact that it's all about you. It's all about you. You are such a good God. The Lord bless you, keep you, protect you, sustain you, and guard you. The Lord make his face shine upon you with favor and be gracious to you, surrounding you with loving kindness. The Lord lift up his countenance, his face upon you with divine approval and give you peace, a tranquil heart and life. We confess that we are the head and not the tail. We are above only and not beneath, that in all our ways and endeavors, we are greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved. We are blessed to be a blessing. Thanks for worshiping with us. Hope to see you on Wednesday night. If not, have a great Thanksgiving.